Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday Show with Dustin here on the Culture Jack Podcast. Don't know why that emphasis was there. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You know, it's it's actually easier to subscribe than it is not to. So, so why wouldn't you? Speaking of, today on the show, we're going to take a look into subscription services and how a thing isn't a good thing if you don't get to buy it, you know, every month for the rest of your life. But before we crack into that, Anthony had a query from the Monday Madness episode uh, in his show on customizable products. He asked what kinds of items, what kinds of mass produced items I would like to be able to have customized to fit my own personal flavor. Um, well, Anthony, I will start by telling you a story. Uh, what? Actually, before I do that, um, I'm actually recording this podcast from inside my van. I, (laughs) the whole family's here and I just, I cannot, uh, do it over barking dogs and, um, very inquisitive young children. Uh, anyway, this story is about how I learned the secret of Christmas and the secret of Santa Claus. Oh, another reason why I can't record inside. Uh, now, as a, as a parent and a generally courteous person, I would be remiss if I didn't tell uh, those of you that are listening with children, which, by the way, what are you, what are you doing? This is not a podcast for children. Um, <laughs> what is this, a school for ants? I love Zoolander. Anyway, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you to pause this podcast while you get the children out of the room so I don't sour the magic of your next holiday season. Okay. Okay, is everybody everybody clear? We're ready? Now, this seems like a huge non sequitur, but I promise I'll get back to Anthony's question here shortly. Uh, so this is how I found out Christmas wasn't real. <laughs> not not Christmas, but Santa Claus. Uh, Christmas is real. There's a war on it every year. Uh, I, I hope you've heard about it. Anyway, the year is 2002. A bright-eyed 17-year-old Dustin was eager for Christmas, just like every year. <laughs> of course, it didn't take me until I was 17 to find out St. Nick wasn't real. Calm down, everybody. I was 16. Regardless, whatever the age it was, I was still interested in action figures, and that interest was emphasized uh, with one look at my considerable G.I. Joe collection. Well, uh, Anthony and I, and some of our other pals, were also really into drawing superhero characters, to which we had all our own galleries, our own rosters. I know this feels like I'm moving from one tangent to the next tangent, but it will it will circle back around and make sense. So I had these uh, four or five heroes that were beloved by me when, um, in truth, they were really just ripoffs of Marvel characters or other superheroes. But I had them, though, and they were special to me. I also had this uh, sweet Spider-Man action figure. who was He was just the coolest thing. And the coolest thing about this Spider-Man figure was the fact that he had so many points of articulation. It was somewhere between... Uh, 23 and 25 different points of articulation. So his head moved on his neck, his neck on his chest, his chest on his abdomen, and and so on. Wrists, ankles, everything. The whole kit and caboodle. To the layperson, uh, this may not seem like a big deal, but 
to those of us that played with action figures and dolls, you know how incredible this character was based on my description of his incredible 25-point articulation. So, in writing my, my, my letter to old Santa Claus this particular year, I had one request of this fat velvet man. I wanted three of my created superheroes crafted into action figures with similar articulation points that the Spider-Man figure had. So my, my ma, my mother, she read the letter and she warned me that Santa may not be able to oblige this particular request. And, and maybe, maybe I wouldn't uh, like a, a few new Hot Wheels racers instead. I, I insisted. She asked me if a new contingent of, of Z-Bots would be more up my alley. I very much uh, doubted that they would pass the muster. And at this point, my mother gave up and uh, she took me into, into our bathroom and told me that it was her and my father behind the whole ruse. And the aerial gift giver was nothing more than a malicious myth passed down from their parents and their parents before them. So I said the Hot Wheels would be fine. <laughs> I, I only tell you this. It seems like a really weird story now. But I only tell you uh, this story, Anthony. Um, don't get me wrong. I still had plenty of fun with Christmas. I ended up helping my parents uh, fool my siblings every year until they got wise to it. Um, and now with my own kids and it's gotten even more complex, you know, there's an elf you have to hide in it. And it's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. I, I only tell you that story because your question reminded me that at one point I was very fixated on customized, personalized action figures. Now in my adult life, I haven't really had any crazy desire to, uh, to customize any one mass-produced item that I wanted to use or see tweaked in some way. Um, I'm what memes would refer to uh, as a basic bitch. All right, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds so so pathetic. Welcome uh, back to the Friday show. I've missed you. I've missed you so terribly. And you, uh, you I've missed the most. Did you catch the Monday Madness episode with Anthony? Oh, boy. If you didn't, in this one, he took his clothes off. I mean, it's a podcast. You're listening to it. Uh, so it can only be so tantalizing, you know, hearing a man peel off his three layers of windbreakers. <laughs> But ASMR fans are in for a real treat uh, with that episode. So if you if you didn't if you didn't listen to that one, uh, go listen to it. Um, head over there next. I mean, it was a great episode, and it was actually uh, the brain seed for the topic that I chose for this episode. And for those of you keeping score, you'll note that we uh, we did not drop episodes last week. How very observant of you. Good job. Here's your cookie. And we got so many letters and so many emails and DMs um, from all of you making sure we were okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. We weren't okay. <laughs> we were, in fact, kidnapped. Anthony performed some very explicit behaviors to secure our release, uh, ones that even I don't feel comfortable talking about on this podcast. But we did get out. Uh, and, Anthony, thank you for your sacrifice. Just know that Zed's dead, baby. 
Zed's dead. <laughs> Full disclosure, this is another sponsored episode. I know it's required uh, to let you know uh, so you don't think I'm giving you my tacit approval for some nonsense. No, we are getting paid for this episode. And our sponsor for the Friday show this week is this strange tick in my left eyelid. Um, it's a strange left eyelid tick when you're not sure if something uh, that you should be worried about or not. Like, it, it doesn't hurt or anything, but sometimes you'll just get this fluttering feeling like 300 cat ears are stuck next to your eyeball, and they're so very irritated. You're not sure if it's stress, if it's perfectly normal, or the harbinger of something truly biologically apocalyptic. This weird left eye tick, because something is wrong with you. It has to be. Um... <clears throat> We keep getting the weirdest sponsors for the show, I know, uh, but they're the ones that are calling. So um, here lately, I've been trying to give you some entertainment news at the uh, beginning of the show to keep you as updated as I am currently updated. And seeing as how all the theaters are still closed or partly open, the majority of the info you'll be getting from me here will be on the uh, video game side of things. As this time of year, we'd usually be gearing up for uh, the Entertainment Electronics Expo, or E3. And even though stuff is shut down, developers are still working on games. And especially this year, because this year is a big console release year. There will be announcements. Uh, and speaking of, a couple weeks ago, Microsoft showed off some gameplay for some of the third-party titles uh, that are going to be released on the Series X console. Now, there were two chief complaints from the internet uh, over the showcase. One, uh, that the heavily advertised gameplay trailers didn't really show much gameplay. Like the guys over at IGN said that, uh, say they said, don't show me cinematics, don't show me bull shots, and tell me it's gameplay. The second criticism that was levied uh, was that these, you know, these next generation games didn't look very next generation at all. Like, like graphically, they didn't blow you away. Now, I am, by my own admission, a Microsoft boy, for sure. And I don't know if graphics for me have just, maybe they've reached their pinnacle in my brain, but they, they did look like a lot of them uh, could be on the current generation of consoles. Um, I guess I'll know better better graphics when I see them, but uh, for right now, I, I I don't really see you know much disparity between the two generations. Now the games that they showcase, like I said, are third party games. Xbox is going to have more showcases leading up to launch, and the next one is going to be in July, where they said they'll be showcasing first party Microsoft Studios games to include Halo Infinite, uh, which is exciting because Microsoft Studios as you know, has been buying up many, many uh, developers. And uh, I, I think they're going to put out some really exciting stuff. I mean, they, they've they already hinted at a lot of it, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see what they pull out as far as first-party exclusives this generation. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a brief description of each of the games that they did showcase, uh, so you can check out any of the ones that, that kind of pique your interest. They started off the event with a game called Bright Memory, which looked like a uh, uh, it, it looked like it had pretty good graphics to me. Uh, the HUD didn't have any noisy information. It looked like a first person shooter 
with a gunplay and swordplay mechanics. There was a grapple the main character used, and after a couple of sword battles, a short uh, driving segment was also featured. You weren't able to tell much about the story aside that you play as an enhanced female protagonist of some kind. Um, Another one, Call of the Sea, looks like a puzzle or exploratory type game in the same vein as Myst or more recently, um, shoot, what was that game called? Uh, The Witness? I think it was The Witness. Uh, A lot of puzzle solving on on that one. It's a first-person game. It's supposed to be set in the 1930s with a woman hot on the trail of her husband whose expedition had disappeared. Uh, uh, Chorus is a game where you uh, appear to fly fly around in some sort of spaceship. It actually looks like a, it's it's pretty uh, pretty good-looking game. <laughs> the best part of this game and the reaction uh, on the internet to it is the font that they use for the splash uh, title. Uh, the U in the chorus look like a V. So people are... They're referring to it as Chorvis. <laughs> uh, Dirt 5 was announced. Uh, nobody cared. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, I'm sure some. I'm sure somebody cared. I think Anthony uh, likes driving and racing games. He might have thought it was pretty cool. It's no Forza. Not yet. Um, people are thinking that's going to be one of these one of these launch launch titles for the Series X. Madden NFL 21 was shown. I'm I'm sure there's going to be boys wearing tight pants and throwing throwing around the old pigskin. Who cares? Scar- Scarlet Nexus uh, is a Bandai Namco joint. It looks like an anime game, so you've got like telekinetic and psionic powers. Um, you know, my my cousin Jesse said, "Every day that you don't try to move something with your mind is a day that you've wasted." I don't think Jess had anything to do with this game, um, but I don't keep track of his every move, so maybe he did. Uh, Scorn is another game. Uh, frankly, it looks super detailed, but it also looks super gross. Um, there was like this drippy phallic thing that came out of the wall, some weird Medusa stone people uh, that were frozen everywhere, um, and one of them was pregnant with a glowing, or maybe they just had something glowing in their in their belly. Uh, there was a little gremlin guy who was stuck inside a, like a hollowed out uh, body or suit of armor. And then uh, who I can assume is your avatar came and fed a, a weird fruit to the, the statue person and then like an eyeball popped out of it. And I don't know, it just looked really gross. <laughs> I'm glad I I spent so much time telling you all about how how gross it was. I don't know if I'm ex- less excited about this game or Dirt Dirt Five. <laughs> Second Extinction uh, looks like a multiplayer Turok game with dinosaurs. Well, of course, if it's a, if it's a Turok looking game, it's got to have dinosaurs in it. That's kind of a requirement. Uh, the Ascent is a top down RPG cyberpunk style game. It it looked to me like it was similar to something like Mutant Year Zero or XCOM. However, in reading a little bit more about it, it looks like it's a uh, a dungeon crawler in the same vein as Diablo, uh, but set in kind of a, a like a cyberpunk uh, style. Uh, the medium 
didn't show off much gameplay like most of these games. Uh, again, one of the chief complaints about the about the showcase, but it did have a very enticing cinematic. It looks like a uh, kind of a suspense or horror type game, which makes sense because the developers, Bloober Team, also made the Blair Witch game, Observers, and Layers of Fear. And Akira Yamo- Yamoka? Yamaoka, he, he's the composer from Silent Hill. Um, he assisted with the soundtrack on this one as well. Uh, they showed off a very nice cin- cinematic from Vampire, the uh, Masquerade Bloodlines 2. This one looked uh, the least graphically impressive, looked most like it could have released on a current generation Xbox or, you know, maybe even a maybe even a 360. Apparently, this is like a vampire RPG style game. I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, Yakuza like a dragon was one that they showed. It looked like your, uh, you know, kind of standard mobster style fare, but your character emphasizes some some really cool street brawling combo techniques like their legs and arms and elbows light up as they do some of this some of this brawling. Now, you know, there there might have been more, but they weren't included on this list that, <laughs> that I found on the internet. Um, now, one super cool thing that was being pushed on this reveal is what uh, Microsoft is calling smart delivery. Uh, a lot of these games said they would be available for smart delivery, and Microsoft has announced that all all of their first-party Microsoft uh, Studios games would have smart delivery. And what smart delivery is, is that if you buy a game for the Xbox One and then it is re-released or re-remastered for the Series X, the consumer will get that remastered version for no extra cost. It has been described uh, online as forward compatibility. Uh, you know, I haven't personally been burned by this scenario, but I knew a, a ton of people that bought GTA 5 on 360 and then turned around and bought it again on Xbox One. So it's a really cool concept. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, a really really good practice. I hope more, more games fall. Oh, they also showed, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. They also showed Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And that was, I think where most people on the internet had trouble with this showcase because they were excited to see gameplay from the new Assassin's Creed game. But instead it was just more cinematic, more cinematic stuff from the, from the feature. Um, so, with smart delivery, uh, very consumer friendly, and that coupled with backwards compatibility, it's it's painting a very stark contrast to the release of the Xbox One. I mean, for for those of you that remember, or you know, you want to crack open the history books, that launch seemed as anti-consumer as a a console system could get. I'm hoping they've learned their lesson at least as far as uh, the marketing is concerned. Now, on the PlayStation 5 side of things, uh, they did a, uh, a nice meaty tech demo of the never-before-seen Unreal Engine 5. And there were two key aspects of the Unreal Engine that they highlighted, uh, one called Lumen 
and one called Nanite. Now, <laughs> this stuff gets a little bit heady for me. So I do really recommend that you check out this video yourself. You know, you can look it up on YouTube. Uh, look up uh, Unreal Engine 5 Revealed. Anyway, uh, the Nanite part of the program can import cinematic type uh, textures directly into gameplay. And during the demo, the presenter kept talking about the numbers of triangles that represented the textures on the screen. And if this devious man was to be believed, he said there were over a billion triangles in each frame. Ah, uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of triangles. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's a lot of triangles. Talking about uh, the other uh, the other th thing, I guess the other aspect of Unreal Engine Five is uh, Lumen. Now, I personally never really understood what they were talking about when developers talked about dynamic lighting. But I think I'm getting the hang of it. So basically, uh, everything, IRL, reflects light, even if it, it isn't a shiny thing, right? And everything absorbs some light. Some reflect more than absorb, obviously. What this engine is doing then, it's not just setting a light point and then adjusting the reflection, the refraction, the glow, the absorption, but it's, it's moving light into an area and allowing the light to respond to the environment as it would in a natural way. And so this present, I mean, the way that they described this and the way that they showcased it was really crazy. And not only does this engine support developers with lighting and texturing, uh, but it will change the way that a game sounds too, uh, in that uh, the sound naturally bounces off of things as well. And so depending on, you know, the size of the area, the nature of the noise, the noise level, the game will react in a way that is natural, uh, seamless. And all of this in combination will be much less laborious for developers uh, making the game that they dream of making. And in talking about assets, the presenter showcased a swarm of bats and highlighted another program that, that is integrated called Niagara where assets will naturally talk to each other or react in a way that is, are you ready for this? <laughs> Much more natural. Now, as impressive as that all sounds, don't think that this Xbox fan is just heaping praise onto the PlayStation because Unreal Engine 5 will be used to develop games for the Series X as well. You know, it just, it just happened to be showcased on the PlayStation. It'll be on Xbox, it'll be on PC and everything else. Uh, also PlayStation five recently showed off some gameplay, uh, for ghosts of Tsushima. If you haven't seen uh, the trailer for that, you should go check it out. Um, I know people have said that Sekiro, uh, shadows die twice was kind of a remade Tenchu stealth assassins, but this game really feels like the spiritual successor uh, to that old game. It feels like there's a lot of strategy to the game and it's really giving me those, um, those Tenchu vibes. And one of the coolest aspects uh, of, of the way that they showcased it was the way that you get to set waypoints on the map. So like other games, when you go to some far off place, you crack open the map, you set your point, it gives you a line to follow or a beam or an indicator on your mini map. And there is 
no HUD or a greatly reduced HUD. Um, and so this one, this game, it just changes the direction of the wind. So your scarf blows and the leaves blow and the trees wobble in the direction that your objective is. I mean, you know, looking at it and, and saying it out loud, it doesn't seem like much more than a very small detail. But that sort of stuff, that kind of innovation makes me super excited. Like it, it's not intrusive. It makes it it's more immersive into the game, I feel like. Uh, strike that. Never mind. I just looked it up. This is actually a PlayStation 4 game. No doubt it's going to be up on the PlayStation 5 as well. Um, but it is going to be released on the PlayStation 4. And aside from uh, the Unreal Engine 5, then, uh, we haven't really got much information about games for the new console. Or we haven't seen many games for the new console. They're there, undoubtedly. They're in development and being polished, but uh, yeah, I, we haven't seen seen too terribly much. Now, now that all that game stuff is out of the way, Anthony, you, sir, you keep talking about cutting out subscriptions that you don't use in your life. So I thought that I'd evaluate my own subscriptions based on this repeated mantra of yours. Now, when I talk about subscriptions, I'm going to intentionally leave out, you know, my mortgage, my gas bill, electric bill, car payments, and other things that, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, are really subscription services. <laughs> like, you know, they're subscription services to life, if you will. Uh, so we at our house, we've got a subscription to... Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime for, you know, entertainment. I did have one to a, a product called VRV. It's, uh, it's home to a lot of anime, uh, but I think it expired. I haven't used it in months. Um, maybe it's one that I'm still paying for. Just ha I haven't used. Uh, I have an Xbox Live account uh, to play on. Uh, I'm going to crack open, crack open my phone here and see what uh, things I'm subscribed to there. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the first one I've got is called Unlimited Tasks. It's for $5.99 a year. <laughs> this one is for organizing my life. And really, how can you uh, improve on perfection, though? Well, I can delete. I can delete that. Thank goodness I did this episode. I just saved myself uh, $6 a year uh, for something I don't use. Uh, the next one is one I just subscribed to. It's amazing. Uh, it's Drops Language Learning. It's just a language learning app. I'm currently learning Japanese with the kids. Where we all think it is, uh, we all think it's pretty pretty cool. And I think pretty worthwhile. There's uh, a ton of different languages on there, uh, and they're they're all that really visual learning style where it gives you the picture, the word, and the word in the language that you're trying to, and then it pronounces it and more slowly if you hit it a couple of times. It's really really great. Uh, I also pay for a subscription to Calm. <laughs> if you saw any of these advertisements on YouTube, yeah, they, they got me. Uh, dude, this app, though, uh, I think it was originally marketed as a meditation aid. And they lead you through, you know, breathing exercises and calming techniques. But one aspect of it uh, has, has proven to be incredibly more 
uh, popular, at least in, in my household. Um, and they also, what it does is they, they play these, uh, sleep stories. You know, they're just, they're, they're calming voices, talking to a background of soothing music. What I do is I throw my phone in the kids' room when it's time for them to go to bed, and they're asleep in in three minutes flat, like really quick. It's like a sleep. <coughs> it's like a sleep grenade. Um, oh, uh, apparently I have a Apple Music subscription, and uh, lastly I have a subscription to an app called Hopscotch. My son has shown some interest in in coding, uh, so that. That teaches coding. I've uh, I've also had subscriptions to uh, Marvel Unlimited Comics in the past, you know, and and out there there's countless loot box subscription services online, like Adventure Boxes. You know, Anthony mentioned the subscriptions to things like like Dollar Shave Club. I was looking into getting a subscription service to uh, monthly wine bottles for my parents. My dad is a total lush. Uh, editing software, uh, much of it you can't outright buy anymore. You know, you have to subscribe to the thing. You know, there's groceries that you can order uh, so often that you can set up uh, to reorder on a monthly uh, monthly basis from places like Amazon. You know, you can subscribe to your groceries. The point is, there are subscription services for practically everything. So, how did we get here? I don't know. Convenience, maybe. And I'm not sure if this proliferation of subscription services is really a net positive or a net negative for the consumer. Obviously, the ability to try a thing out for a short time to decide whether you like it or not is a good thing. But what about when you say, yep, I've decided this is something I need in my life and I like to have it. For as long as my heart's beat, my heart, I just have one heart. It's stitched together with broken sleep and broken dreams. Then you have to subscribe to it. And it makes sense if you're continually getting new products, replacements, or things like that. But when you're just leveraging your monies to keep the same thing, I think I'd rather pay once and just, you know, have the thing. I guess I guess that reveals my biggest hang up about the subscription service model in general is is ownership. You don't really own anything with this model. Then of course if I think too hard about it, you don't really own anything because you'll one day die and it'll return to the waste stream separate of you unless you manage to integrate into a complete AI into all of your possessions and then form a symbiotic connection with those things through your own consciousness. But then is consciousness merely a biological process? And when that integration is complete, uh, you know, will you be completely cybernetic or will you be gone entirely? Ownership. <laughs> my my brain could make that darker, I suppose, but really when it comes to ownership of things like video games, if you have a digital collection, you only really own those games or have access to them while the service is alive and kicking. But I still subscribe to the digital game library. Why aren't why aren't there that's a good question. Why aren't there better archives for video games and movies and music? I I mean, are, are there grand libraries where we can have access to these things? even if the service dies, 
because all of this is art and it would be a shame if all of this art died just because a, a service died. Like you, you didn't expect, uh, the, the Mona Lisa to go away when Da Vinci died, right? Maybe there are, maybe there are, uh, archives and museums like that. I don't, I haven't looked too deeply into it. Um, obviously I didn't have a well thought out itinerary on, on this journey that we just went on. And I, I even slipped a little bit into my own existential rabbit hole. Um, my most profound apologies for that little bird walk. And now I'm apparently all about animal idioms. Um, whoo, that, that took a, took a change, a turn. I better get to my, uh, my question for Anthony, uh, and in the episode before we, we all end up selling all of our mortal possessions, just like, uh, Elon Musk. He's kind of a weird, weird dude. Anthony, <laughs> I'm sorry for that episode, man. That was, it was too crazy outside, uh, Anthony of the subscriptions that I mentioned already that I have what was one subscription service that you regret paying for? And what was one subscription service that you're really happy that you have and continue to subscribe to? Um, and also besides, you know, AOL, have there been any subscriptions that you've forgotten about and paid for longer than you intended to any, like that you've forgotten to cancel and how much longer did it go on for? Was it renewed, you know, two or three years before you finally got around to canceling the service? <sighs> that's that's going to be it for the Friday show. Thank you so much uh, for stopping by, everybody. Uh, we, we really missed you. Uh, Anthony and I really appreciate you sharing this podcast with a friend. We don't pay for any advertising, uh, so we're really counting on you to help boost our audience and uh, and give us to someone that you think might enjoy us. So make sure to tune in on Monday for Monday Madness, and I'll see you all next week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.